0: I think I was experiencing a lack of connection both with friends and acquaintances and in my relationships and it was because I was not allowing myself to connect on that deeper level because I didn't want people to see that maybe I didn't have it all together or I didn't want to be 110% moving all the time. Yeah. Um, because I identified as that for so long and totally. now I'm, I'm allowing myself to change that story. And I think Mm -hmm. learning that we have control over how we show up every day and how we talk to ourselves. Like I'm so mean to myself. And I've heard so much from a lot of my girlfriends. Once we've talked about this and we bring it up and we share, it's so many people are struggling with the same thing.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Not Another Wellness Podcast. As I record this, we are currently two weeks into quarantine for this global pandemic that is going on, the coronavirus. You've probably heard of it. And I wanted to take a few seconds to really show my appreciation to health and wellness workers right now, specifically people that have to show up to hospitals and care for patients with limited resources and supplies and, frankly, information on what is the what this virus is and how serious it is. I also want to give some attention to the teachers in the world who are learning to teach remotely and having to learn new curriculum and be able to find a way to interact with their students still. Like my mom and a lot of people in my family who are teachers are currently doing this. And it just is so important right now to keep some sense of normalcy and have a continuing education happening while we are all isolated right now. Another shout out that comes to mind are people like my cousin, who's a speech pathologist. She is going through uh, remote sessions with young children who are benefiting from her services and are, are being able to receive the treatments that they need, the sessions that they need to progress at this time. I think it is so important to remember that through it all, there are so many heroes involved in this and so many people that have suffered, lost their jobs or their health or loved ones. And I think it's really important to take some time while we have this extra time to send notes of love and gratitude to those people in our lives that we might know, send care packages. Um, the other frontline people right now are store, grocery store owners and employees who are so busy stocking shelves and making sure that we have food to eat and putting themselves in risky situations, frankly, to work um, and and provide that To us, and I just, there's the list goes on and on. There's so many people showing up and responding and helping. And I just wanted to take a second to send good intentions and vibes to everyone who is helping out in some way or another. The free classes, the free concerts, there is so much goodness happening amidst the suffering and the anxiety that we're also experiencing as a globe. But today on the episode, you know, I'm recording this in quarantine and reflecting on a time when quarantine wasn't a thing. When I recorded this episode with Elise, we were interacting, you know, with with people. That was what our life looked like and man, life looks so different now, but there is this underlying notion of we're all in this together. We still can learn and grow and develop during this time. We can lean on each other in ways that we might not have before. So, one of the themes you'll hear is the the work, the tool set, the importance of making the most of your time right now to keep yourself well and balanced and breathing. So, without any further ado, I'd love to introduce today's guest, which is Elise Munn, who is the owner of the Thendera Wellness Collective. She is also a personal trainer and is one of those people that has all these acronyms next to her name. (laughs) She has a ton of different certifications um, and has a degree in athletic training and exercise science. She is an overall very active and incredibly passionate human being. Spends a lot of her time outside going, going, going. And she is focused on doing the work to make the rest of the work and passion happen, meeting personal development, finding ways to stay grounded in life. Um, she's training for an Ironman right now. And she talks a little bit about the mindset that's required to accomplish that is a forever learner. And we talk about why wellness is so important to her setting boundaries in your life such as putting the phone down and certain hours of the day, setting goals, people who inspire her. there's so much in this episode so the first half's going to be in not another one' of this podcast fashion a little bit about Elise's background and then towards the end she kind of breaks down her toolkit for us, which was awesome. Uh, before we hop right in I wanted to share a recent ratings and review of the podcast, which means a ton. So this one is from Cliffy 5 and it says great podcast. Natalie is such a pleasure to listen to such a great variety of topics and guests. So thank you for leaving those. I meet a ton and I get to share them on the show. So thank you for that. And that's really it. So let's just go right into the conversation. And I think you guys are going to love this one. Everyone, please take one full deep breath with me right now. It's your daily reminder that we will get through whatever life throws our way. Totally confident in that no matter what we're in this together and um love you guys so here enjoy this episode Hey everybody, welcome back to Not Another Wellness Podcast. Today I am sitting with Elise Munn and her dog Rocco. Hello to both of you.
0: Say hi Rocco. (laughs) Hi guys.
1: (laughs) Rocco's the most excited, I think, to be interviewed. He's been waiting for this for years.
0: (laughs) He looks excited. (laughs) Haley's how are you? I'm good. It's so nice outside. I don't know if supposed talk about it but it's just sunny. It is, is great. so nice. I'm I feel excited. like spring is almost here. I'm really
1: ready for like spring vibes because winter's like great. Like I love winter and I like the snow but it just you feel cooped up you know uh-huh. like you can't just like go put on your flip-flops and like yeah. run outside like it's
0: you know. Yep totally. And light, like I, I coached a class the other night and it was like the first time it was light at five forty-five in three or four months. And I felt this oh. sense of energy that usually at five I'm like, is it bedtime yet? Yeah. Like it's pitch black and yeah, yeah totally. So at least before
1: we dive into your like life story and all the things that make you a human, what is something in life right now that really lights you up that you want to share?
0: lights me up well currently i'm a little bit head down in training for the iron man yeah what is an Ironman? man an iron man is a ridiculous yeah. athletic day <laughs> where you swim 2.4 miles you bike 120 and then you get to go run a marathon after and i grew up in lake placid near lake placid so around the Iron Man culture. It's pretty big there oh. and have watched a lot of people I know do one. And it's always been on my pre 30 list. So it just seemed like this was the year I was going to do it. So I've signed up and I'm, yeah, head down a bit in training and geez, I don't think you realize how mental training is until you deal with the mental toll every day and figuring out how to, change your mindset about what you get to do versus what you have to do. So currently I would say what lights me up is when I do kind of struggle to get out the door to go swimming or to go for a run or to get on the bike. And then I finish a training session, that feeling after I've finished, I feel like I'm on top of the world, Mm -hmm. but I wish I could (laughs) grapple with that feeling that light me up, lights me up before I get out the door um, because I struggle a little bit right now yeah. to go do it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're admitting that
1: because when I think of an Ironman, like, athletic person training, like, I just think of people that are like, I just, you know what, today I'm going to, this is going to be easy for me. Or, like, it's they're, not- like, superhuman. But you're following, like, a full training training plan, I imagine. Yeah. To get you like ready.
0: Yeah, I'm working with a woman, which is exciting. But it's also a little bit oh my gosh, debilitating oh. when <laughs> or defeating. We can move them if we need to. A little defeating when Yeah. It's hard. It's such a mental game of like what am I am I going to complete this today? When am I going to fit it in? If you're tired, Ooh. how do you change your mindset to be like it's okay? And know that it energizes you after the fact.
1: Right. Like remember what it's, what you're working towards Mm -hmm. in the moments because I can, gosh, man, totally relate to that feeling of like, I don't want to do this. And you can hear your brain make excuses for you. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you like switch that? Because I'm like currently (laughs) dealing with that where I'm like, yeah, you know what? Mm," Or like, I'll have my, like my period that week. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm just gonna sleep and not do anything. And like, I know there's a little bit of that. That's good. But I totally milk that excuse mechanism in my brain.
0: (laughs) Totally. I know. I'm like, maybe he'll move.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like what, like, can you, I don't even know if you could think of something that you like have to tell yourself, like I'm doing this, like, how does that that look like?
0: I think the, the two sentences or two mantras that I've been focusing on when I'm truly struggling uh, to go outside and train is I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Like how lucky... Are we to be able to go move our legs and to breathe fresh air and to get in the pool and to get on a bike, like yes. move our bodies. I had to tell myself I get to do this. And then also I signed up for this. I'm the one who paid a stupid amount of money <laughs> to go do this. No one is forcing me to do this. So when I have this like sassy feeling or resentment towards, I don't know, I put it into an external, Yeah, I realize it's all me. I chose to do this. Mm -hmm. And 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 I get
1: to. And I love that, like, sometimes when I do get myself to, like, exercise these days, I do, like, look at my body and, like, well, I'm capable. Like, what a privilege Mm
0: -hmm. that I get to move.
1: And I know it's going to make me feel better, even though it's hard to see that. And I think that's a really – I love that I get to do this as opposed to, like, I just want to not today. Yeah. So – how did you get to where you are today? And I, what I mean is, like, let's take it back to little Elise in Lake Placid area of upstate New York. Like, what was she like? And then what were some of the biggest, like, stages of your life that got you to where you are today that you would like to share? I
0: was, I was crazy. I mean, I still am crazy. <laughs> but I've decided that I was the reason that the backpack with the leash came out for children. I really, I mean, it was. I was like a Tasmanian devil. And it's funny, I look at, you know, my nephews and I'm like, oh, they're little. And I was like, oh, I was just like that. I. Just like all over the place. Oh, and completely run off from my parents. Or I think a couple field trips, I had a one on one chaperone because they knew that I would run off. <laughs> That's just crazy. Where, where would
1: you like run off to? You just uh, want to be by yourself? Oh you yeah. Just like- I just,
0: I felt this independence. So I was like, I don't need to be with the group. I am. So I remember being at the Atlanta airport for a trip with a youth group and they legitimately put a one-on-one chaperone and was like, you just need to keep your eyes on her at all times because I felt the need to, she's going to run. <laughs> she's going to run and go do her. Like, I just going to go her do my own, own thing. Day. Yeah. It's fine. Um, But I was really lucky. I got to go to a junior boarding school in Lake Placid um, for seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And I feel as though that was a pretty transformational point of my life in which we didn't have grades per se. It was effort grades. So each week you got graded on your effort in your classes, but you never would see like you got a 90 on this test or anything. There just wasn't that Mm. we still did work, but, um, there was also no computers, no personal computers, no cell phones, no TVs. It was very much ingrained in us of, being outside and playing and experiencing life, and uh, on the weekends you would go hiking or you'd go skiing or rock climbing. Jeez. And so I was really lucky um, as a little kid to be able to go out and and learn a bunch of new, um, oh, I guess, adventures and things to do. And yeah, or like put spend. your energy towards like
1: activities that uh-huh. you obviously had like, harness that and be like, I'm going to go, like, exploring, and I'm going to go outside, I'm going to go, like, climb this mountain, you know? And and so much of it was new.
0: I mean, even in the arts world, like, there was ceramics, there was old-school photography, there was, um, and barn chores, so you'd, like, learn how to take care of the animals. So Mm -hmm. there was this constant flow of learning in front of us that wasn't just in the classroom, and um, a lot of it was Experiential, it was using our hands, it was doing the actual thing. Um, and I think that that has paved the way for how I enjoy learning, how I enjoy doing life Mm -hmm. is by learning. Like, I want when I got to go learn how to mountain bike or you know, go, go learn how to top rope. I still don't, if anyone wants to take or not top rope, lead lead rope yeah lead climb there we go it's the one where you don't have the top rope and you're making it and it's so cool um so i just i place such value in learning how to do different things i think that's what life is here for right or what we're here
1: for that's i liked i feel the same way i don't know yeah like why not there's so Mm -hmm. much available to us like we are so privileged to be able to pick up a new hobby and like learn a new sport and like back to the whole gratitude for your body, like have a functioning body that like will let you run and jump and like do all those things. And it's like the world, it's just, there's no boundaries. Uh-huh. Like you can, and I love that you even said like learning to ride a mountain bike. I feel like a lot of people out here in Colorado are like, I do this number pro at this or whatever. But it's like, yeah, at one point you had to, and the process that like, you're saying that you enjoyed is like that beginner like mm. learning phase where you're like, what can I get my hands on?
0: Basically. Yeah, like a kid in a candy shop or soaking up everything like a sponge. I just think that's how I, mm. I looked at life then. And now I try to take that same excitement into learning new things now as an adult. Awesome. And it, it's also really cool to see the value in... Community and the approachability to sports so or to activities. Um, so I've been really lucky with uphill skiing and with mountain biking of finding, honestly, badass women mm-hmm. who are willing to take out a beginner or even mountain biking, having friends who are a little bit better than me and teaching me new skills. Um, and I think you can apply that to so much of life of how is this approachable? Or, mm. and how can you make something more approachable for the people around you? Yeah. And learn from each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Like if, yeah. Like what's the point? We have like, so much to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So were you, I know you're super into so many different like interests and hobbies. A lot of them falling around athletics. Were you athletic and at this time too, like in a sport sense, like were you into sports? As yeah.
0: Well? I um, grew up playing soccer and running track and skiing and Being outside also was a dancer for a long time. You can ask my siblings. Um, I would do dances with my dolls as my other dancers. And then I would make my siblings sit on the couch and watch me. And if I messed up, I had to restart. And my sisters tell me they've seen the same first 15 seconds of a dance a thousand times. Um, but I took dance classes growing up until about my senior year of high school, which now I wish I took dance classes because I've lost all rhythm. (laughs) I feel like it doesn't always come with like athletic
1: ability. Like, I don't know. I feel like people are really, really good at like movement or sometimes they're good at athletics, but yeah. Like it's just like a different expression. Yeah. Like looking graceful versus like getting it done, you know? Like totally. I'm not graceful. That's for sure. I'm not either. But
0: (laughs) I I definitely, I think it's I breed off of competition, hmm. which I'd like to say is healthy. I don't know if it always is, um, but I like, yeah, I like playing games. I like trying to beat other people.
1: <laughs> yeah, So and I, be, and, and move. Like, you clearly express yourself in, like, all kinds of different movement, which is kind of cool. Yeah. If you think about it, like, you are not one that's, like, meant to be still. And that's like totally fine, you know, but like maybe you do need stillness to balance out your movement in a way.
0: Yep. So after junior boarding school, I got to go to, I'm very, I was like, I'm so lucky. I got to go to another really cool school. Uh, It was an all girls boarding school for high school, um, in Troy, New York. And there it had a, I would say larger emphasis on academics for sure it because it was a college preparatory school and that was the job of the school is to get us into college right but um they had this really cool program and I think they still have it called practicum hmm. and it was almost as though internships and you could create your practicum and my junior year I thought I wanted to go into sustainable architecture and create you know, lead. certified buildings. And I think that came from being at the previous school on the farm and we ate organic and it was all sustainable and a huge emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. And learning that the buildings we build create a lasting impact on our carbon footprint. And I was really, and still am, really passionate about how can we leave this earth a little bit better than the way we came on it? And I think we're struggling with that as yeah. a nation in general. Yeah. But um, I went to an architecture firm my junior year of high school and started working there as an internship. And um, I quickly realized that sitting behind a desk, do you know, working on drawings was just not for me there wasn't enough human interaction and um I just I knew something wasn't clicking Mm -hmm. during that time I was playing club soccer and running track and I had a stress fracture in my tibia and I was told by my athletic trainer and the PT that I was going to that I couldn't run with the track team and I couldn't go to practice and I was non-weight bearing for a bit and um completely, I think had my first real struggle with my mental state because I identified as an athlete and all of a sudden that was what I felt was taken away from me and, and no longer in my control. Mm. And, um, I was the world's worst patient. I remember like telling my PT, like, screw you, you don't know what you're, you telling me how to stretch isn't going to fix this. And then I came back and I had my best track season the following season. Um, it worked And I was shocked. I was like, how did this work? What? So I called him up and my senior year practicum was at a PT clinic. And that was in a completely 180 experience. I loved it. I got to work with different people. You get to see the transformation. They come in hurt. They leave usually not hurt, (laughs) which is really cool. (laughs) And um, I just loved the constant. There's very little monotony in the world of working with people on a clinical basis. And so that's when I decided PT was the route I wanted to go. Mm. Um, and then in college, I chose to do my undergrad in exercise science and athletic training because I thought that if I was going to go on to get my doctorate in physical therapy, I wanted to specialize with athletes mm-hmm. and felt that athletic training would put me in that domain. Um, so again, I got to do we move my body and work with other people who are moving their bodies. Maybe have like the same experience you had and like, Oh my gosh, now I can't move. How, who am I? Like, how do I heal? And also like, right. And what is the mental component of healing and what does that look like? And so I loved my psychology classes. I almost was like, I'm going to go back and get my PhD in sports psych, but getting a job in sports psych would be pretty difficult. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I did that. And then I, Finished my degree and sat for my boards for athletic training and told myself I would take a year to work in the real world. Mm. And that quickly turned into now like eight years the in the world? real world. What the is real, is the world. real world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the real world. The non-sitting and writing papers, real world. Um Yeah. And took off from there. So I haven't gone back to school school since college.
1: Yeah, I mean same. But <laughs> you've to learn in so many other ways. And I feel like that's doesn't need to always be in a classroom setting, mm-hmm. you know, like, or a school. Like, I feel like there's so many resources that we have, like, books and, like, speakers mm-hmm. and things, ways we can learn and expand that aren't, like, here's your degree and a shitload that you pay- of debt. Exactly. I'm like, that you pay
0: $100,000 for. I'm
1: like, yeah, I would love to go back and go back to school yeah. in a way, but, like, if it was free, because, be I'm sorry, I'm still paying off college loans. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need that. Ditto. You know? <laughs> like, I still want to learn. doesn't mean I'm not, like, interested.
0: Well, <laughs> like, and I think there is a... You're seeing this almost like shift in perspective of what is valuable in education now. I think our generation is starting to see that maybe the liberal arts college degree that didn't really get us anywhere is is it proving to be as valuable as what we're paying for it and yeah. with student debt. I feel like student debt is the reason that I can't buy a house right now, or mm-hmm. uh, I can't get a brick and mortar for Thandera. So there's these ways that it po- holds you back that the value of the education, is it worth it? Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people in, you know, on Instagram and in the personal development world that are changing the way they speak about do you really need a college degree to make yourself
1: make yourself something and successful?
0: And what do we, how do we define success? Is it getting your PhD or Mm -hmm. is it living a life of social impact? And do you, are those,
1: um, yeah, I know that word, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) So it's really interesting because I think that I agree. Now I'm in this place where it's like, what course can I take in my community or Mm -hmm. what book can I read or what personal development or professional development, um, events can I go to? Yeah. There's so, we're so lucky to live in a world in which we do have access via technology to so much outside of our four walls that we live in that I think you can really, leverage that to your own success
1: yeah so college happens um your did you get your degree you start like working a little bit doing what and then like <laughs> then Dara. yeah beauty how? counter all these other things how did
0: it all come in yeah right out of college. I was really lucky. I got hired at our local hospital back in Lake Placid and kind of had a connection with the Olympic training center, which is where I did my junior year internship. Um, and again, realize athletes, I really like that aspect of drive in people Mm -hmm. and helping them through that. Um, So I went back and I worked at the hospital and I was working in a clinic. I was teaching at a high school, which I have a whole new appreciation for our world's educators because teaching is might be one of the hardest and least appreciated, Mm -hmm. um, professions. And so I was teaching anatomy and physiology and working with, as an athletic trainer for the high school and then as an athletic trainer for a college, and i enjoyed it but there was a little bit of a glass ceiling i think i realized that there were the rungs of becoming, you know, a staff athletic trainer, maybe managing a department, maybe supervising a department, but i wasn't going to become the ceo of the hospital and that has been an una- or was an unanswered like spark inside of me and i knew something was going to answer that i just didn't know at that time And then I changed jobs and I was working as an athletic trainer for big corporations and being contracted in to try and cut down on workers' comp cases for the um, corporation. So it was pretty interesting. And I started to realize why businesses would invest in preventative care. Mm -hmm. And that really got me excited because (laughs) all of a sudden you see – how can you get in front of the injury? How can you get in front of people being unwell? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was cool. That kind of lit me up. And then (laughs) I came out to Colorado on a whim, got a job with a gym as an athletic trainer and helping um, with programming and group coaching And it was a small gym, which gave me a lot of independence to try out different programs and different ideas. But I think at that time, I started to realize that I could do a lot of this on my own. And it was my own insecurities and self esteem issues that were holding me back from just putting myself out there because it's so much easier to immerse yourself behind someone else's Mm -hmm. passions. Mm -hmm. And I've done that in my relationships. I've done that in my professional Mm -hmm. life. Like I am so good at being like, yes, I am 110% behind you. (laughs) (laughs) I will do what, whatever I can to make you flourish. But the idea of doing that for myself just felt terrifying. If I fail, I fail. If this business fails, I fail. If so, that was something I detached myself from. Hmm. And it took a a huge jump of faith in myself and in my support network to, to launch my own business, which is what happened about two years ago now. Wow.
1: (laughs) That is crazy. All of a sudden now it's like not even an idea. It's a thing that you've made happen and like took that faith leap of faith to be like, okay, well I can totally do this. I don't need to be under someone else's, Mm box of like what this could be, like this can expand and grow. So why Thendera wellness? What's, you know, the history of that?
0: Fendera is my middle name, which is pretty cool and rare. And turns out when you do a Google search, there's not many businesses called Thendera. So that was pretty easy there. Um, and gosh, like why the why it's crazy. I, I wanted to help people. I think at the end of the day, that was my main goal with starting my business is how can I help people? My philosophy is that wellness is a multidisciplinary approach. And I think you probably see this in your podcast. Everyone has a different definition of wellness and how that applies to the human comes from so many different factors and different aspects. Um, And I wanted to work with people not only in the physical domain of their injury or of their bodies, but also what is your mindset? Mm -hmm. What is your, what is the psychology of what you're going through right now? Um, And how are you making choices in other aspects of your life to leverage your wellness or hinder your wellness or be detrimental to your wellness? I think as I've grown up. I realized how much power is in our choices each and every single day. Um, and so wellness was by calling it Thendera <laughs> wellness gave me, I felt like the room to approach mm-hmm. the, the human, the, the entire self from different approaches, I guess. Yeah. And like the whole well-rounded package
1: that is, Wellness, Like there's so many components that could be unwell, Completely. whatever that means that could be throwing you off. And it's so much, it goes so f- much further beyond like your physical body. Like there's so many other things to think about and it not to sound, make it sound like it's overwhelming, but like if you want one area of your life to improve, like you sort of have to look at all of it. You can't just like fix that area and then forget about everything else. And yeah, it's it, like this.
0: It's whole, a bit, it's, Yeah, it is. It's, and I think that was my own lesson that I learned. You know, I mm-hmm. thought that my physical self was all I needed to work on. Mm-hmm. And I completely ignored mm-hmm. the mental issues I was going through, both in high school and in college. And as an adult, you know, it's so much easier for me to almost numb my feelings, my anxiety, my stress, my depression. I, I'm so much easier at turning a blind eye and saying, I'm going to go run a marathon. Right. And is that healthy? Is that well? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And you can't throw all your eggs in one basket and expect that you're going to not burn out in one sense or another. Um, And I think, you know, we went back to like talking as a kid, I was always on the go. And I think I took that into my adulthood of I always have to be going and Mm -hmm. I always have to be accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. And I always have to be doing in order to provide worth and to provide value to others and to be seen and loved and all of the core false beliefs we have ingrained in us as children. Um, And I've brought that into my adulthood and it's this lesson that I'm dealing with and working with of how can I feel as though I'm providing value to the world around me without having to be doing Mm-hmm. And to be constantly moving, yeah. So, uh, how can I slow down for the things that matter most? Mm-hmm.
1: And to take care of the rest of you that like is compromised when you're moving and distracting. Yeah. Like, I think that's so common. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so. And like, as another, as a an, another athlete, like growing up, like just no matter what would happen the athletic part would have to be there. So that was what got my attention and my focus. Meanwhile, there were things that I needed to deal with that had nothing to do with athletics or my body strength or my time in the hundred butterfly or whatever that I just couldn't mentally, like, focus on. Um, so tell me why you wrote still down on your leg. Like what? Like, what was happening in your brain? Because I just – I wish people could have seen, like, the, like –
0: <laughs> i thought the whole idea of a podcast is people don't see me uh, yeah that's funny that you could read that too what were we taught you said i said oh you're
1: clearly someone that like loves to move and like needs that's your expression but like you also probably because of that because that's your propensity you need the the other side of it the balancing side like the stillness
0: yeah more than I more mean, than
1: people that aren't like up here moving and doing
0: yeah I think that it's so funny. That was an immediate reaction to you saying that perception of who I am, which is that I'm moving and I'm doing and I'm constantly getting after it, which has been a something I've valued and tried to show to people is that, look, I'm doing all these things. And I think within the last, honestly, three months, I have realized the need for a shift the need for stillness. I didn't realize that our mind has capacity and my mind is, has been at a capacity, like over capacity Mm -hmm. because I'm constantly putting and storing more things into it. And then I have this feeling of overwhelm of like, I'm going to forget something. I mean, I'm, I'm over the threshold of anxiety. It's just a paralyzed feeling of Fear, I think. And I've built it with this need of going and going and going. Mm -hmm. And I cannot provide quality service to others if I do not take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And if I do not slow down and give and learn how to give myself the grace that that's okay. That doesn't mm. mean I'm lazy. That doesn't right. mean I'm complacent. That doesn't mean that I am not of value to others. That means that I'm valuing myself. And mm. I've been so used to provide, to defining my worth by others' perceptions. I think we do this as women. Oh God, and, but, you know, yeah. like if other people look at me and And I can, I see value in the external and I'm trying to shift that towards how do I value myself internally and how do I give myself a little bit of grace to slow down knowing that that in fact is probably going to help me in the way that I interact with others and the way that I provide connection with others. Um, I, (laughs) I'm in therapy right now, which I feel like I can be open about. I'm really excited about That's
1: it. Amazing. <laughs> yes. You should, like, so I want to be know. in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, oh my seriously. gosh, everyone,
0: anyone comes to talk to me, they're like, oh, I'm dealing with this. I was like, have you tried therapy? Cause yeah. everyone should go in. And, um, I just think giving ourselves the space to talk through our thoughts and to talk through some of the things we're struggling with is so healthy and I don't do it enough. Um, <laughs> but one thing that, I've been working through is pausing those thoughts. I mean, this might be normal to most people, but for me giving myself pause and giving myself like a moment to stop that. I don't know. What's that word? Like the, like the incessant, the, like yeah, the constant, inundation, the, a word or am yeah, I that inundation, yeah, inund- yeah. inundation of thoughts. Yeah, like, yeah, My mind doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. It just, it doesn't. And then all of a sudden I'm in a conversation. I'm really practicing with you right now (laughs) of telling myself I am here now. It's not about what's going on Mm -hmm. outside. It's not about what needs to get done today in order for tomorrow to function. I am here now. And that is the mantra that I've been using to try and tell myself that it's Mm -hmm. not about the past, not about the future. It's truly about the present. I've gotten into this terrible habit of blacking out what happens from like 6am into the morning until 930 at night. And I get into bed and I do not remember conversations. I do not remember feelings. I do not remember actions that I've taken. It's bizarre. But something needed to change. And I think it's the fact that my mind was so out of my body and so in every other direction mm-hmm. rather than just taking in, how does this couch feel? Mm-hmm. How does the sun look? How, what are the smells? And you don't realize it. No. You know, I'm a high, I feel like I'm a high-functioning adult <laughs> that's doing all these things, and yet i I've lost aspects of experiencing life those things that I loved as a child because I'm caught up in my mind. That is so
1: thank you for going and like digging that up, taking that apart because that is such a, that's such a thing, especially like, the whole people pleasing thing and like thinking you have to present yourself a certain way or achieve a certain amount or do that, like do a certain thing and be good at it. And then you will be like accepted or something into like, when really like the human connection is the raw, just like, Hey, I'm going, I'm just doing the best I can. Same. And you can like talk about, you know, like we're all just, no one has it figured out. And it takes like, all of us to like look into ourselves and to like decompress from what we're doing, just to be like, whoa, 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 let's take it all back to basics. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm alive and well, and I'm sitting here on this couch, like connecting with another human being. And I- how damn lucky yeah. are we? Yeah. That we can even have that thought. Because if you're not, like, your life's just gonna freaking zoom right by you. And like, that's terrifying. <laughs> and I don't even know. I just, I really like enjoyed um, you sharing that because I, it's so relatable, Um, and I don't even know what my next question is because I'm like deep in (laughs) thought over here. You can ponder it, (laughs) but it's, um, yeah, I just think this is why I want to do things like this because if someone knows you as Elise and is your friend or or, like your someone who interacts with you every day but doesn't like know the full story. You just see success and then you feel inadequate because you're comparing yourself to someone or whatever it is. And I feel like what's so cool is to
0: hear like, no, like we're all working on it every single day. It's a constant practice and a constant ownership of like when you fall short or when things didn't go well. Mm -hmm. Like I need to own that just as much as I'm owning when I do feel successful or if I, you know, contract with a new client, like, yes, that's successful, but it's also, and I own that, but I also own the days that I don't want to get out of bed and I just want to sleep or the days that I don't have anything in my fridge and I'm trying to find some almond butter to put into my, you know, that that's, that is, that's being human. Mm -hmm. And that is I think I was experiencing a lack of connection, both with friends and acquaintances and in my relationships. And it was because I was not allowing myself to connect on that deeper level because I didn't want people to see that maybe I didn't have it all together, or I didn't want to be 110% moving all the time. Yeah. Um, because I identified as that for so long and now I'm, I'm allowing myself to change that story. And I think Mm. learning that we have control over how we show up every day and how we talk to ourselves. Like I'm so mean to myself. And I've heard so much from a lot of my girlfriends. Once we've talked about this and we bring it up and we share, it's so many people are struggling with the same thing.
1: The first time I ever meditated, I, um, Dispersed into tears. It was the first time I ever heard my internal dialogue before and knew that it was, like, happening. And, it's... and I was, like, whole I was so mean and <laughs> nasty. And it was just, like, terrifying. And I was afraid to be still because I... And then, like, you know, my first introduction in meditation, I was afraid to go back there and deal with her or hit mm-hmm. whatever. This, like, just critical eye just telling me that everything I was was not enough. Completely. And... It just it took years from that point, like that was like five years ago or something now, to then come into like understanding that like in order to move forward, I had to deal with that, mm-hmm. and I had to listen and I had to be calm and gentle on myself and yeah. if you look back like you said, this has really come to a turning point in the last three months, what are some of the tools that you've found that worked for you because there could be so many things, but i yeah, I'm just curious about. About that. Besides playing with Rocco.
0: <laughs> yeah. Get a dog. Getting a dog. Is talk that- to the dog. <laughs> There's this. I I mean, truly though Rocco has been such mm. an integral part of me slowing down. We go for a walk without my phone.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, holy talk about a, a phone, which can be so valuable for connection, but also so detrimental mm-hmm. to connection. And the inability, again, not wanting to slow down because you don't want to face those thoughts of how do I actually feel towards myself? How do I actually, how am I? And I never wanted to answer that question. How are you? I'm like, oh, let's <laughs> let's talk about the sunshine. Um, but it, the phone for me was such a numbing device yeah. of either mindlessly scrolling or Sensing connection, but not—it was all but superficial. Not yeah, you know, texting people to see what they're doing later because I don't want to sit at home with myself. Um, so, creating uh, one of the biggest tools has been creating a boundary with my phone. So, and and sharing that with my partner because, again, talk about like not wanting to be present or not wanting to be in the moment. The phone was my easiest escape from the present. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. I think a lot of us are. And in my interactions with friends, you know, we'd have our phones at the table. So creating that crazy. (laughs) It is. Like when you said, I I know that's crazy
1: and I, but why would we, why would we do that? Like, and I've totally done that, but like, holy shit, we're in each other's space interacting. And we have our phones there on purpose to be like constantly in, like distracted Mm -hmm. from like
0: and if we're already, for me, struggling in our own minds with feeling overwhelmed and inundated by things and thoughts, mm-hmm. why provide another channel that then is aspect to Instagram, Facebook, de- messaging, phone calls, I mean, the yeah. way in which people can access us is at an all-time high, Mm -hmm. and I needed to create a boundary. So trying to put my – I mean, I put my phone on silent more often than Mm -hmm. not. So I'm so sorry if you haven't heard back from me, and you're one of those 70 unread text messages. It's not that you're not important. It's that I'm creating boundaries. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And at night, the phones get plugged in in the living room. We do not bring them into the bedroom. I was noticing that the first thing I did in the morning – was look at my phone, look at my email, and it just, it immediately gave control to someone else of my day. And that would make me resent everything else that happened in the day. And then I would finish the night without any source of reflection. Mm. And I would just immediately give, you're giving the power to someone else or to something else, yeah. a small little tool from China. Um <laughs> And um,
1: um that's spying on us oh I yeah. don't even yeah I forgot that mine was there because mm. I took a picture of you in Rocco no all go. good. get it out of here yeah yeah. Um, yeah you're giving the power yeah. to this device instead yeah. of like into your own life into your own world mm. and experience
0: and even the people say, you know I, I mindlessly scroll. Which I'm so guilty of going on Instagram and mindlessly scrolling. That's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What we don't realize is in that mindlessness, you're actually taking mm-hmm. in and you're having these micro perceptions and mine constantly are comparison. Totally. Because I follow badass people doing badass things. And then I'm scrolling and I'm like, oh, I'm sitting in my bed scrolling while well, they're out on a mountain or they're launching their latest program or they're <laughs> taking their business, you know, and it's so not healthy. And yeah. the alarm senses it. It's like, no, it's not. Sorry. Yeah. That is a perfect right? sign. It's not. There's something, there's someone robbing your life.
1: Yeah. And it's Alarms this, are going off. The alarm is going off
0: now. And that's just it. And it's robbing us of connection, yeah. real connection. And I was experiencing that and I have mm-hmm. experienced that in previous relationships. And previously I'd be like, whatever, I don't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. I would do this. I don't care. I'm just going to keep. Doing life the way it is because it's easy. Mm-hmm. It is not easy to put your phone away. It is not easy to immerse yourself and make eye contact and make connection and ask questions and actively listen. We do not know how to actively listen at all. And I think maybe hopefully podcasts are changing that. The issue is when you're trying to yeah. clean <laughs> and do all the other things and drive while you're po- or while you're yeah. listening to the podcast. Yeah. I mean, we we multitask like, <laughs> or at least I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So biggest, that is one big tool is just creating a boundary. I i put a screen time marker for, on my phone, I don't want to say the numbers because it's kind of embarrassing of like where I'm at for screen time but I measure every night I look at how long I was on my phone and the next day I try and challenge myself to, to keep it less. under a threshold. That's a good
1: idea instead of like punishing yourself for that yeah. number you're like
0: okay. Okay this so. is where we're at. <laughs> this is the starting point like tomorrow like yeah. And there's such a correlation between the days that I'm uh, on my phone days. for 30 minutes it means that I've done so much that I've experienced or I've been out skiing mm-hmm. and I, I didn't take my phone out at yeah, all or yeah. and that is is the hardest part too there's this like oh i'm doing badass shit let me post about it and i'm trying you know how can you pro- utilize social media mm-hmm. as a platform for positive social impact mm-hmm. versus <clears throat> the-, the negativity that it is and there's this fear of like am i missing out if i'm not partaking in right. social media because it does like people do I do like watching my friends. Yeah, and I what like they're doing. knowing what. Like, yeah. I'm, I like
1: that I could come to your home and be like, "Oh, you know, Peter, it's just your birthday." Like that. Like yeah. I saw you, happy birthday, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't it is. know. It like is. I know so you like... were in Steamboat last weekend. Um, just run down this rabbit hole, and I think it's important. Yeah. This is an important rabbit hole to think about in your own life. Um, you mentioned talk therapy being really beneficial. Yeah. Setting boundaries with your relationships. Um prioritizing. I like the reflection idea. Like, yeah. can you talk about that? Like what that looks like and, and why that helps you? Yeah. So,
0: um, I think the reason I got into, I call them my bookends of my day was because of that blacking out. Like I, and what even happened today? Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. Or what conversation did I actually have that I can remember? My memory is gone. <laughs> so I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. I can't remember anything, but, um, and I, I, every morning I have a client at 6am. So I was, I was waking up at like 535, putting on stretchy pants and going out the door with my coffee and giving myself no space to, to start my day for me. Mm-hmm. It was immediately. Who am I? Who's my first client of the day? That's who my day is starting for. That's why I'm waking up.
1: Not mm-hmm. I'm waking up for
0: myself. Yeah. So with the reflection and um, the way I start my morning is uh, I go and get my phone because I use Insight Timer as Mm -hmm. my meditation app. um, And they have daily meditations that are five minutes long. And then you can also do a timer or you can do pre-recorded meditations uh, um, with a subject in mind. So you can search um, anxious life. Help me. (laughs) SOS. Yeah. SOS. Help. Um, Some help. yeah And five minutes of meditation in the morning. And it's just... Breathing, And I'm just doing that for myself, um, which has really helped, I think, start my day with a breath versus the immediate feeling of the need to go and the need to be moving. And who do I have to get to first? So mm-hmm. starting my day with meditation and I've switched to... I go back and forth, but oftentimes I like to do it in the morning of the five list, five things that I'm grateful for in my journal, just because I felt like it changed my mindset for the day Mm -hmm. of look at these things I'm grateful for. I've also done it as five things at night. So based off how that day went, what are five things I'm grateful for? Yeah, that's a great idea. Just again, like help Hey, help with memory and what you remember. And also it puts life into perspective. Um. Yeah, because you can look at things
1: from that lens and be like, "Wow! Like, I'm really grateful this happened today. It taught me this, or this conversation reminded me to like reach out to this person, or to try this in my life, or like
0: and simple things too. Like, I'm grateful for the smell of firewood from our wood stove, and mm. or I'm grateful for the chai that I got to have today. Like, yeah. you realize that there is such so joy really and gratitude things. in the simple things, and. It's pretty cool oftentimes when I am doing talk therapy right now, I bring that journal in because we also are looking at like one of the things that are going through my head that are putting me in downward spirals, um, and seeing the, the contrast between the two, the things that I am most grateful for are oftentimes the stillness and these little moments or these connection, you know, conversations Mm. that I've gotten to have with people yet the downward spiral is that I'm not creating and I'm not doing and I'm not da, 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 da. so that I can see that internally I place value in a very different place than externally. What I think is expected. Right.
1: Yeah. As we wrap up and like, as you reflect a little bit on people that have really stood out and motivated you in your life, who are some people that come to mind?
0: Well, and <laughs> Even just thinking about these tools and I think about different things that I'm trying to implement in my life. Um, you know, taking inventory of my thoughts and writing everything down and then prioritizing what actually needs attention versus what I think. Need, you know yeah having that process and that's something that um Kate Crowell so I love I don't know if anyone follows her but what Kate ate on Instagram you definitely should have her on the podcast yeah, I love to. um she's creating a shift in her business she's an um, NTP mm-hmm. but is is doing the work which I think I appreciate when I actually again maybe this is where this podcast provides value is you see people who have this visual or this perception of success, but then you hear or you witness them actually doing the work Mm -hmm. and that those are two separate things that play into each other. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't have the success without the work or you Mm -hmm. can't have the fulfillment without the work. And so Kate provides a pretty transparent lens into the work she's doing. And one is taking inventory of her thoughts. Another one was with goal setting of, um, it was, you did the four quadrants and you, um, write out everything in the present tense of things you want to accomplish, how you want to be doing things or feeling, and then focusing even more on like, what is the number one goal for the next quarter? And Peter and I did that, for the first three months of the year on New Year's Day and sharing it with your partner and hearing the accountability. So I love people who share the work they're doing. The work, absolutely. Um, and I think I see that a lot in my community. And then my um, uncle, Chris, just passed away from ALS. He um, had it for – he was diagnosed in 2013 and um, – has just passed away so seven years and talk about living and and living life to the fullest and hiking the mountains and skiing down and mountain biking and taking a diagnosis and putting mm-hmm. it out the window but also fueling others and inspiring others to move and to be grateful for our bodies and our our ability to live and how important it it is To connect with others. I mean, that is what he's totally taught me. And I feel so fortunate to look at his life as a source of inspiration. Um, And also a constant reminder to never take anything for granted. You know, that that again, I get to wake up and I get to train. I get to run. I get to bike. How fucking lucky am I to be able to do this?
1: Well, man, Elise, thank you so much for opening up and, like, sharing the work that you're doing to, like, make yourself well in all of the definitions of that, and I know there's so many important things that we talked about that I know are going to resonate with others, so I'm so grateful for this conversation, so thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you for inviting me to do this. I hope that, you know, there's some value to others, (laughs) but also how cool to, you know, Feel the value internally, too. Yeah, you know. like just like I get so much out of this, so like I hope that comes
1: through and just share where people can find more about you,
0: yeah, as well. Um, well, <laughs> they can go to thenderawellness.com for my website, my Instagram, the business is Thendera Wellness, my personal is Elise Thundera and um, on Facebook, but also like hit me up and let's meet in person yeah. because I love yes. coffee dates and walks and I'd be more than willing to just, I want to talk to people in person too. Yes. Amen to that. Well,
1: excited to get it out into the world and yay. Let's have a day. Shall yay. We? <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs>